On today's episode of Locked on Suns, the streak is over. The Suns lost to the Lakers. We'll break it down, including polar opposite performances from the two superstars in Phoenix and much more. Let's go. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen late Wednesday, early Thursday, a post-game edition of the show today. If you like what you're hearing, if you're finding us for the first time, or maybe just never thought to click before, hit follow or subscribe, guys, wherever you're finding the show Get this show in your feed every single Monday through Friday and get locked on to your favorite team. You can also follow along at Locked On PHX Suns on Twitter to get new shows there as well. Have some fun. Chat at me. Do the same down below in the YouTube comments. You can at me. You can talk to each other. Community of nearly 4,000 Suns fans here in the subscriber base of Locked On Suns. Appreciate each and every one of you. Today's show, guys, is going to be about a loss, 122 to 111, a double-digit loss, a predictable loss, one that Aaron Edwards and I talked about on Wednesday heading into the game, might get a little hairy. It did indeed. I'll give you the big takeaway that I had coming out of this. We'll get into the rotation and some other stuff to close things out. First, the biggest moment of the game, and it's no surprise, I think, to anybody who watched it, but if you did not... Uh, you might know where I'm going as well. It's the fourth quarter, which has been a, a bugaboo for the Suns all, all season, really. Um, but especially lately, without Kevin Durant, just unable to close these games. The Suns got the, the lead within one at the 7 minute and 29 second mark of the fourth quarter with a TJ Warren putback on the fast break, caused the Lakers timeout. From that timeout on, the Lakers went on a 9-2 run that included a couple of nice plays from Anthony Davis, a uh, very puzzling mismatch that Anthony Davis was able to make the best of against Chris Paul in the paint where Schroeder missed the the pass for a few seconds and yet still the Suns were not able to to scram out of that and, and get a better, bigger player to guard Davis, so he goes to the line. You have one jumper from Chris Paul that goes in. You have a transition three off of that make, which is kind of crazy, uh, by D'Angelo Russell. And then there is the game. Again, a um, a 10-2 run, I should have said, is what that gets capped off in about two minutes. And then the Lakers lead balloons back up to nine from that point. Look, this is, uh, it's not exactly a, a new trend. It's not exactly uh, the best example or, or sort of some new perspective that we got tonight. I'm just going to be honest with you. The Suns in the fourth quarter overall, 10 of 24 from the field, four turnovers, two of eight from three, and only four free throw attempts on the Lakers side. They only took 11 shots because they made all of them, uh, basically. They were nine of 11 from the field, had 15 
free throw attempts. They actually did turn the ball over six times, but when you're making that many of your field goals and you are getting to the line, eight free throw attempts for Austin Reeves alone, who apparently is uh, prime Kobe Bryant with the calls that he is getting these days. I, I, I do not know what that is all about lately. He got 18 free throw attempts the last game for this team, 13 tonight. I know that's a separate thing. I know that is a thing that Suns fans are going to be frustrated by coming off of this game. I don't necessarily blame anybody. The end the end total there, 46 free throws for the Lakers, 22 for the Suns. Of course, Scott, of course, Scott Foster was the crew chief tonight, and that brings about its own history with Chris Paul and obviously all the, the BS and nonsense that goes on with Scott Foster and his history in the NBA as ref. I'm not going to get into any of that today. Because I think this fourth quarter was emblematic of a problem that they've had down the stretch. And I saw some people, you know, um, there was some chatter online today. Seth Partno of The Athletic, big stats guy, former analytics person for the Bucks, and uh, prolific writer and everything else. He was basically saying there's no such thing as as really a difference in clutch luck or clutch. Well, there is a difference in luck, but that's exactly what it is, right? It's luck. It's It's just randomness. And that trying to chalk up the Suns' late-game woes to anything outside of shots not going in is a fool's errand. Um, but as much as I understand that, and I do think that that, that that tends to be true, I mean, one full NBA season, a lot of stats people will say is not enough of a sample to really defin- definitively say much of anything about shot-making. But... Um, let alone a you know just a handful of clutch games, right? You look at De'Aaron Fox, who never had this type of reputation. Now basically seems like he can't miss. But when you say shots not going in, when you say you know that's really the only difference. Okay, well let's look at at whose shots are, are not going in, right? Chris Paul is shooting forty three percent from the field this season, right? And in this fourth quarter tonight, he was one of three from the field. In the game, he was 8 of 17. He missed a layup late in this game. It was not during the stretch I just talked about, but it was there. He missed a couple of mid-range jumpers. Did not get to the free throw line himself, although that's you know not really a, a huge surprise. And then only had four assists, which I also think is a byproduct of how a defense is able to guard you. This team is long. They're athletic. Their defensive chops, their defensive efficiency that we've seen um, during the whole course of the season, but even lately with Davis and Vanderbilt playing together with guys like Reeves and Wenyan Gabriel, even I think uh, making an impact there, they just take up space. It's hard to find little pockets. It's hard to get to your spots. And I think Chris Paul was a, a big culprit of that tonight. The Suns made their threes for the most part over the course of the game. You know, I told you they were two of eight in the fourth quarter. That's, that's inopportune, but you know, really when you talk about missing shots, really when you talk about the difference it's Terrence Ross, it is Chris Paul, and I suppose tonight it, it was Josh Okoge. The Suns just, despite all of that, whether the clutch is just randomness or the clutch is just the certain people who have gotten less effective making their shots not being able to help in those moments, i.e. Chris Paul, the point here is to me, when I look at this game and a lot of others, the Suns do not have the talent to withstand some of this, right? We've seen them make pushes often as a result of Devin Booker. If it's not going to be him, if they need to 
get other get, get the job done in other ways. They don't seem to have those other ways. And so you can slice it up or attribute it to whatever you want, but I just think more so than randomness or luck or shooting or anything, they're just getting into what I believe in the end of games in basketball tends to come down to who has the best players and who fits together the best. The Suns have some talent. It fits together fine, but if it's the Booker show, it's just not going to be enough, even against a relatively average team like the Lakers with, you know, Davis playing well, Reeves playing well, and that's effectively it. D'Angelo Russell making some shots himself. That's just not going to be... Booker is not going to be enough to withstand that, and I think we saw that tonight. On the note of Booker, tonight was a perfect example of the ways in which Booker has gotten better and the ways in which Paul has gotten more suspect. We'll talk about that dynamic next. First, today's show, guys, brought to you by the Ultimate Basketball GM. We're thrilled to be partnering with these guys because, look, a lot of you out there in the audience have dreamed of becoming an NBA GM, maybe managing your own basketball franchise. Well, your dream can come true with the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. We manage every strategic aspect of your team from hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft. They have injuries. They have crazy owners. They have uh, all sorts of things that make this really, really realistic. I've seen people uh, deal with superstars that don't get along. Like it is, uh, it is not just numbers on a spreadsheet. It is a, a, a real game, a real immersive world. Locked On listeners get a free 100% boost to their franchise when they use when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store at Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the QR code on the page, or look it up in your favorite app store. That's probasketballgm.com, or look it up in your favorite app store. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Devin Booker is putting together what might be his best season ever, challenging for the single uh, the season scoring average record for the Suns by almost a full point. I think it was... Tom Chambers at 27.2. Booker is, he was at 28 points per game heading into this one. He is uh, probably going to go up from there with a 33-point performance tonight. Let's start with him, and then we'll get to Chris Paul, because I think these guys are, as their ages would tend to make you think, going in different directions, and tonight showed that. But let's start with Booker. 33 points, 11 of 16 from the field, 10 of 12 from, from the free throw line. Only one of three from three, although the one three he did hit was a a really big one. And he continues to have a great feel for that timing of that shot and when the defense is selling out so much that pulling up from three is going to be the best thing he can do, and he tends to make them. So even the three, even though it was only one, uh, I, I even liked that. Five assists to seven turnovers is a little bit ugly, but the point here is, yes, the turnovers are bad. The Suns were even when Booker was in the game. So they lost by 11 in his 41 minutes. They were even. So yeah, you can point the finger at the turnovers. I don't think that's why the Suns lost the game. The other seven minutes that he was out, they were outscored by 11. That was the ultimate difference in the scoreboard and uh, what made it into a loss. These games in the past, Devin Booker would have looked dramatically worse. Crumbled, you might say. Not had answers, you might say. And... I I know that in the stat sheet, it might not look that different, especially, again, turnovers were ugly. But 11 of 16 from the field with how much defensive attention. They weren't necessarily blitzing him or bumping him or just trying to get the ball out of his hands. 
quite as much as we've seen other teams do. But I, I, we all saw, you saw, the minute that he got a step into the paint to try to get to his mid-range jumper, to try to get to the paint, to try to finish at the basket or draw a foul, there were bodies everywhere. There was help from the weak side. There was help from the strong side. There was help stepping up from the paint. There was his guy contesting from behind. Everybody's attention was put on Booker because the Suns do not have the shooters. And with DeAndre Ayton out tonight, they did not have anybody cutting to the basket, anybody inside to make Ayton... Uh, to make the Lakers pay for selling out to guard him. And yet, 11 of 16 from the field. Incredible stuff, okay? Um, I even think in the second half, his determination to get to uh, the free throw line was pretty admirable. I can pull up what his free throw attempts were in the first half compared to the second half. In the first half, Booker attempted two free throws. In the second half, 10, all right? So he is still able, or he is, sorry, he is now able, in a way that he did not used to be previously, to get to his spots, to score, to create inches and micro centimeters of space to get his shot off and make difficult shots even beyond what he used to be able to do. And mind you, that was already a skill that we attributed to him. But you think about the Dallas series last year, right? You think about some of these times, plenty of times even this season, where he has just not been able to crack the code of what's being thrown at him. And it feels like he was on a pretty good streak when Chris Paul and Cam Johnson were out in November and early December. He is back now since Durant got hurt, especially where the shot making, the footwork, the timing, the the awareness and court vision, all of it is just coalescing into something incredible. And despite the loss tonight was a flawless example of that. On the other hand, Chris Paul, it's it's a question mark for me right now. Um, the more of these games, and, and I want to I want to emphasize something that I've said before, but we'll we'll say again here. It is not simply that he's not choosing to take shots, and honestly, in this game, I don't even think he would say that. He was actually fairly aggressive. It's that he's not making them. He just isn't. He just is not making shots like he has in the past. He's shooting 43% from the field, as I already said. In the second half of this game, he was 4 of 10 from the field. No turnovers, which is nice, but only two assists. And again, 4 of 10 from the field. There are times when, uh, you know, I think you could still hold it against him that he's not quite the quick trigger like a Cam Johnson or, you know, J.J. Redick or whatever the case, uh, D'Angelo Russell, let's say, from this game might be from deep when he gets those catch and shoot opportunities. He's not letting it fly. I don't even think that is really the biggest problem. He is getting to the mid range. He has games like this where he's aggressive and looking for his shot and they just do not go in. Um, In this game, he was six of 13 from two point range. And again, four of 10 from the field in the second half, that, that second half performance was three of eight from two. All right. Cause he took two threes and made one of them in that second half. So if that's going to be the case, the Suns are in a different spot and I don't know what to make on top of all of that, of the fact that over the three games we did see with Durant, Paul just wasn't really aggressive whatsoever. And so there is something to be said for holding out hope to see if The amount of space that he is going to get when Booker and Durant are both firing on all cylinders is going to make him so 
absurdly open and so absurdly in rhythm that he'll have no other outcome but to make the shots that he gets. Because even though he's aggressive and, and whatever, it obviously, we all know watching this guy for as long as we have, the shots he takes in the mid-range are tough shots. They are. It's just that he's always been able to make them. That's still tough, though. And when you're 37 and it's, it is starting to go for you or your legs aren't there, taking tough shots that you might have always taken still going to be a worse choice than taking the easy shots that you're now getting because Durant and Booker are creating them for you, right? So that's the one last little bit of hope, hope that I think you can hold out is we haven't really seen what it looks like when he really does start to, to just let it fly when those other two guys are there and the space is just absurd for him. That's the last level. If he doesn't make those shots, if he's still hesitant and he doesn't, they just don't go in, then I think you just have to reevaluate expectations for Chris Paul in the playoffs. Maybe he's not a scorer. Maybe he is mostly just a facilitator, rhythm guy, pace setter, whatever the case may be, a floor general, IQ, communicator. All those things will still be there. But if you don't get the scoring, you just have to think about the team differently. I don't think it's necessarily bad. They have two of the best 12 to 15 to 10 players in the league still with Durant and Booker, but it is now a full season long trend and I don't think it's going anywhere. We'll talk about the rotation. I thought TJ Warren looked pretty solid tonight and some box score oddities to get you out of here. First today's show guys brought to you as well by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. Sweet 16 is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports betting app and an official sports betting partner of the NBA as well. New customers, get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. I believe the Phoenix Suns are now favorites to come out of the West. A little bit of a weird thing to say here after a Lakers loss, but I do think that's true after Denver has sputtered a little bit of late as well. FanDuel even lets you combine on top of those season-long bets or, of course, game lines. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so uh, let's get out of here with a Benchmob vibe check real quick. TJ Warren, um, I thought, was one of the more surprising, I will say. Um, I, I don't want to even say that he was some sort of excellent addition to this thing tonight. You know, minus one in the box score, six points, four rebounds. It's nothing spectacular. But I thought his energy and sort of decisiveness, confidence, whatever you want to call it in this game was better than it has been in the past. And maybe I'm just overreacting to that putback shot that I listed off in the moment of the game a minute ago, or just some of the jumper, you know, that I think he had a couple jumpers and they just, it, he's a player when the shot goes in, it's going to look better. Maybe I'm overreacting to that, but he did play 20 minutes. Ish Wainwright was on the bench tonight. Not really sure why Ish Wainwright did not play. Feels like he has has locked in a spot with his defense, but you know maybe they just thought, especially what the uh, Lakers bring off the bench, there's not really a perfect player for him to guard. I thought he could have done decently against Davis. The Suns decided not to do that, but I do think Warren took advantage of that change. Um, the other part of this, 
that I just want to throw out there is um, we saw Darius Baisley in the Thunder game because the OKC goes so small, right? Five out, they play small ball. Jalen Williams, the um, the Arkansas Jalen Williams is often their center, and he's like the same build as a Jay Crowder or something. And so Baisley made some sense. You know, put him in there, see what his athleticism can do, the size, length, um, all that, and you know his lack of strength and you know, bulk isn't going to hurt you because the Thunder don't have somebody to punish that. I I understand Davis is going to punish the strength and, and bulk discrepancies that Baisley brings. He's not going to really power play play power basketball against somebody like Davis. But I was a little bit surprised we didn't see that again tonight. You know, even with Davis's unique physical characteristics and talent, the Lakers are still a small team. And so I just, I was surprised that Monty didn't just try that with, with Baisley, especially because in the second half, uh, Anthony Davis was a monster. He had 20 points, six of eight from the free throw line, seven of 12 from the field, three assists, no turnovers, like about as excellent of an offensive half as you can have. And nothing else was working. Jock Landale, Bismack Biombo, whatever it was. So why not try Baisley? I, I, that, that was a surprise to me just to throw that out there in terms of the bench and the rotation. Um, as far as uh, box score oddities go, I mean, look, there you really have to look no further than the free throws. I I just think like I I, the, I intentionally opened Wednesday's show with Aaron, joking about Austin Reeves. It's bizarre to me why all of a sudden uh, he's getting so much attention and being officiated this way. I don't really feel. I, I mean, I could look up the drives per game and do whatever, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of something that explains it, but it just doesn't, I don't watch the guy and feel like he's playing basketball differently than he used to. I don't feel like any, I, I don't know. I just, I, he's had big games in the past. He's having them now. I, I don't understand why there's been such an adjustment. Um, to, to getting him to the free throw line so often and, and everything else. Somebody said he might make $50 million next year. I don't know. Um, I think Alex Caruso is better if we're, if we're doing that particular type of comp. At least Caruso, whatever. It's not even worth comparing. When I talk about the free throw discrepancy, the Reeves part of it is really what jumps out. But I also want to point out, while we're talking about that, the Suns are worse than the NBA defensively at fouling their opponent. They send their opponent to the free throw line more than any team in the NBA. All right. The Lakers are top 10 in that. So they allow the uh, bottom 10 frequency of free throws by their opponent. They just don't really foul. And so there was going to be a, a discrepancy tonight. Yeah, I think that was a given based on what I just listed out about how these teams rank. Having the Lakers more than double it and Reeves get 13 to lead the team, it is a little bit funky but I don't necessarily have any great addition besides those foul rates to talk about. So there's my two cents on it. I don't know what to tell you. The other one before we wrap up, 42% frequency by the Lakers at the rim tonight, which means almost half of their shots came at the rim, all right? Which, to give you the total, was 25 attempts at the basket. They were fouled on 11 of those, okay? So that's good, right? <laughs> um if you're taking almost half of your shots at the basket, no matter who you are, you're going to get to the free throw line and you're going to score a lot. Um, I can give you the points in the paint here in a second. On the other hand, the Suns only got to the uh, got into the rim for 22% of their shots, so less than half as off or about half as often as the Lakers did, right? And so you look at points in the paint, which I just brought up. 
It's actually fairly close. 44 points in the paint for the Suns, 50 for the Lakers. Um, you know, the Lakers did not make a ton of their shots at the basket, 68%, which is sort of average. The Suns also did not, but they made a lot of their floaters and things like that. You know, the Dave, the Anthony Davis effect, making guys take those short mid-range shots rather than getting all the way to the basket. You're going to make some of those sometimes, and that'll help with your points in the paint. But uh, the Lakers owned the interior, I think it is fair to say. That's the story of the game. You know, Davis is going to punish you there. Reeves got a bunch of calls. Um, the Suns don't have guys to put pressure on the, the opponent in that way. And despite Booker's excellence, they fall apart at the end. There you go. There was 25 minutes to understand that game. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm off for the rest of the week, folks, going to New York City for my anniversary trip. So I will not be here Friday. I'm hoping that I can record an episode with Brandon Duenas uh, for Monday when I get home Sunday night. I will cross my fingers that jet lag allows that. But either way, hit follow or subscribe. Get this show in your feed. Look, it might be four times next week, but four is a heck of a lot more than you get elsewhere for the most part is to, in terms of Suns content. So hit follow or subscribe. Make Locked on Suns your first listen every single day. In the meantime, go make Locked on NBA your second listen. Get caught up on everything else going on around the wide world of basketball. That show is available on all podcast platforms as well. And I'll catch you all next week.